Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Hello, and welcome back to OsteoCast, the podcast, with your hosts, myself, Sarah, Amanda, and Colby. Hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. So today we are answering common questions asked about the menstrual cycle. These are questions we've heard many times in the clinic and uh, questions actually that are quite interesting that many of us would want to know the answers to as well. So let's kick it off. The first question is, why do I get cramps and how do I prevent them? So this is an interesting question. Uh, I do find cramps are related to misalignments in the body. So when somebody doesn't have a good moving pelvis, if there's restrictions through the pelvis, through the coxofemoral joints, uh, we're talking from joint mobility, from fascial mobility. So does their pelvis have good motion? How does their sacrum rock when it nutates and counter nutates? So really paying attention um, through that region, but also as we've mentioned previously, what is happening above and below the area? So is their knee sitting where it should be? Do they have good mobility through the talocural joint as well as moving up the chain through the diaphragms? What do you guys think uh, when a patient comes in and wants to know why they have cramps or if you can help them with their cramps as an osteopath? Well, one of the first things that you've mentioned a couple of times in the past couple podcasts on this topic was that cramps aren't necessarily normal. I know that they're very common for a lot of women to have, but they're not normal to, to deal with on a regular basis. So it's something that if you're having quite bad cramping, it's definitely something that you should have uh, taken a look at, whether it's medically or osteopathically with a practitioner looking at the structural side of it. Um, so that's always kind of the first topic that if they have terrible cramping to make sure that you take that into consideration and use some of the things we've talked about already between, as you talked about, basically making sure the body's aligned, making sure there's proper blood flow and neurology to and from the pelvis so that the body's working well. Um, and then one of the other big components we talked about last podcast as well is the hormonal control from the brain. So the for me, the main thing is assuring that if, or knowing and assuring that it's not completely normal to have them, and especially if they're very aggressive, um, unless of course there's something medically going on above and beyond a normal, healthy person. And then going from there. I think too, a lot of the time when women address this issue, we get told that, oh, it's just like you said, this is normal. You, you know, you can just deal with it. Here are some, you know, tools, take some you know, painkillers or use a heating pad. But I think what we forget to talk about is there's a lot of other things within our control that can help um, with cramping. So, I mean, it's important to see your practitioner and, and get looked at and make sure that there isn't something that might be contributing. But I think it is well within our control as well to whether that be from diet and uh, anti-inflammatory foods you can eat around the time of your cycle um, because there are different things that will promote um, higher higher inflammation in that area, but also exercise is another big one. Um, and that doesn't mean you're going and, you know, running a marathon or, you know, lifting a lot of heavy weights, but just simple, simple movement around that time can, can release some endorphins that will help with pain control and pain management. So 
Um, I mean, depending on your practitioner and their background and their experience, they can maybe recommend some foods um, or some things that that might be better during the time of your cycle. Um, But that might be outside of an osteopathic scope as well, depending on training. So um, talking to someone around that aspect, I think um, there's a lot of things within our control that we can do to help. And often that side of things isn't always talked about. So I think that that's an also an important um, part to mention is there are things that you can do yourself and it, it is common, but not normal. So let's, let's yeah. talk about all the things we can do to help. Yeah. I, I as opposed that, to just one or two. Yeah. I use that phrase. It's common, but not normal all the time. Cause people ask, I, I find in my practice anyways, whether it's this topic or other topics, people always ask, well, is that normal that I have, you know, this crack or this little thing or that. And it's like, well, it's not normal, but it's quite common that that happens for people, especially with how we live our lives these days, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one yeah. thing to, to take note of is that um, with menstruation, the body does have some muscular contractions and uh, things to try and get or to shed the layer uh, in the uterus, but that that's not directly what the cramping is. The cramping often is a response to, or like, like Amanda's talking, like an inflammatory response. And then the body either having the cramping style feeling or spastic style feelings um, around an improper response to that. So what sometimes what happens is, or what, I, what generally happens is the body either over responds or under responds to certain stimuli. And that stimuli may be the inflammation. It may be the shedding. It may be the change in neurological control to the area or feedback from the area but it's the body's hyper response or lowered response to it that often gives you the, the cramping sensation. So if you can work on changing the feedback or the input to the system so that it's not had, it's not too much or not too little, and that often can, can help it out quite a bit. It's really important that we find that just right because um, all of the things that are responding to the contractions of the uterus or whether that be like the hormone changes, those are all natural processes that are happening in your body. And it's the overexpression or underexpression of one or the other that might be contributing to the change in sensation. Um, so like higher levels of, levels of prostaglandins are really associated with more severe menstrual cramps. That is a normal hormone-like substance that is involved in pain and inflammation, but that's also really important when it comes to labor and delivery. So it's not that it shouldn't be happening or it shouldn't be there or there isn't, you know, your body's doing something wrong. It's just that over under production of something or uh, the response like um, sensation that's causing that. So regulating the functional anatomy in that area can really help with making sure that the chain effect or chain reaction is happening at the right time in the right place and in the right amount. Yeah. Well, and as you just said, like, there are things that are normal and things that should happen as far as some levels of prostaglandin and other things during that process. But it's the overall input of, you know, and higher levels of systemic inflammation or uh, improper loading patterns or improper strains coming through that area or not enough blood flow. And you add all those pieces of the puzzle up and then you end up with cramping or um, longer or shorter periods or spotting in between all those other things that can add up and create issues as well. Yeah. And that's the other piece that's really important too, is it's the combination effect of all of those things. So yes, there might be one thing that's influencing um, 
influencing that that whole component. But all those little pieces are important. So let, why wouldn't we take care of you know things that create inflammation in the body and loading patterns and all the other things so that we can have a better overall result as opposed to just Absolutely. say, well, this is the issue. Let's just fix that, and hopefully it goes away, or else it's 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 normal. And it is osteopathy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's always looking at the exactly. body as a whole, whether it's in whatever whatever topic, if it's muscles and bones and ligaments, or if we're talking at this level. But considering on the entire system and all of its inputs and outputs is is the most important part, and that's why we have the conversation where all of these things play into mm-hmm. the total physio or the sum physiological change or response that's happening in the body and looking at all of those components, especially the ones that we can deal with as osteopathic practitioners, because there are some things that are out of our mm-hmm. realm, of course, but dealing with the components that we can help with in that, that time frame is going to be huge. And then either helping with some patient education on some of the other things or referring to someone else if they need uh, a specialist or someone who specializes in another topic to help them as well. Yep, Definitely. And just to note too, it's not when you have cramps, it's not that, okay, I should go for a treatment at this point in my cycle because yes. I don't feel very good and a treatment will help me feel better. It's the whole, it's the whole picture, like Colby just said, it's a whole month that matters. So the whole month that matters that you're eating properly, you're moving your body, um, you know, you're getting your regular treatments, especially if you're prone or you've had issues in the past uh, with the pelvis, with pain, anything that we've talked about just to keep everything in balance and in alignment uh, to the best of its ability. I think too, from a practitioner standpoint, you can gain a lot of really valuable information about the person's body based on how their cycle is. So when you're doing their um, initial intake for someone, these are all questions that you can ask most women if you just say, and how's your cycle? Is it normal? They will all often always say, yep, it's totally normal. Everything is great because it's normal for them because things have been happening the whole time or the since they've they first started menstruating. So it is normal to them. But those might trigger some things for you that say, oh, I might need to look here or here or, you know, there might be a something that we can look at in terms of just trying to regulate function a little bit better. So yeah, I try to stay away from that word normal. Because just like you said, Amanda, everyone's normal is different. Yeah. So kind of avoiding that word and asking more specific questions. Do you get your period every month? How many days does it last? You know, how do you feel before your cycle comes, during it, after it? Um, and kind of like Amanda said, you get very valuable information throughout that conversation. Yeah. It can really be used like a, a vital sign for women, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And this goes for all patients and all kinds for health histories, but having more detailed questions, even if it takes them a little longer is important because sometimes you'll ask, oh, how's your digestion? And someone says, good. Or how's your menstruation? And someone says, good. But it's like, what is good? And is my education or knowledge of good different than someone else's, whether it's higher or lower? So it's a good it's a good thing. It's a very important thing to ask a little bit more detailed questions to get that information. Because some people will assume that you know, a good bowel movement is just getting it out opposed to the quality and consistency of it, right? Vice versa mm-hmm. with, with yeah. menstruation is the same thing. They say, oh, yeah, menstruation is good. My cycle is good, even though they have cramping and it's uh, three days longer than it should be or two days shorter than it should be or whatever else comes with it, right? Mm-hmm. So detailed questioning is super important. Exactly. 
So maybe just to touch on one more time, I just want to make sure we covered the question of how would osteopathy help with period pain and cycle regularity? So everything we've touched on, but basically as the body functions better, as mechanics and loading are improved, as you feel better, you're most likely going to move more, do more. There's a free-flowing circulation through the body, right? Hormones travel through the blood. So we want to make sure that there's no uh, stagnation of blood. There's good circulation throughout the body uh, to keep those hormones moving properly. Um, and that's kind of just one aspect of how getting treatment can help to make sure that cycle stays regular and that you feel good overall. Yeah. Well, and you said something uh, just a couple minutes ago, Sarah, that was really important is that osteopathy and treatment is not only used while you're on cycle and sore. It's something that you need to do to get your body in essentially better shape or a higher level of health overall. So I know you touched on a second ago. I just wanted to repeat it because it's, if you're having trouble with your cycle, it's something that you should have treated um, ongoing. It's, it's an ongoing problem to get the body to function well, not just uh, put some heat on it and get a treatment so that some of the pain goes down at the time. Not that that's a bad thing to do if you're really struggling and treatment helps, then by all means go for treatment. But the long-term solution or long-term change should come with a proper treatment plan and over some time. Definitely. And as a practitioner, you should be able to see um, parts on the table or areas where there needs to be uh, adjustment or treatment provided, right? So a sacrum doesn't move properly, they're not loading properly through the lumbars. But as a practitioner, if you can't find the cause, if you will, of why this person might be in discomfort during their cycle, why they might be getting cramps, why their digestion may be off, if you can't figure out where that's coming from, that's when you need to refer out. Absolutely. So either to another osteopath or to the naturopath, to the medical doctor, because that's also a little bit of a red flag, right? If we can't figure out where the problem's coming from, mm-hmm. it might be, as Colby mentioned before, coming from somewhere a little bit deeper or a little bit more on the medical side where that patient needs help and they just don't know it yet. Yeah, for sure. And something else to touch on that as a practitioner is that if the patient's coming to you during their cycle and they're having trouble during the cycle, you're not going to get an appropriate or the best assessment that you can have of the patient, especially in the pelvis, because there are changes occurring at that period of time. So it's an important time that you can see what's going on while menstruation is occurring, but it's also not the best time for assessment. So if if someone comes in a week or two later and their cycle is over or they're, they're, they're not, no longer menstruating, you can do a, an assessment again and see what those, I'm going to say relaxed or calmed down positions look like because the pelvis is going to have a different level of responsiveness during or outside of cycle. And also when you're treating your patient, it can be very valuable to know where they're at in their cycle. So don't be afraid to ask. I think we mentioned this in the uh, previous podcast, but yeah. the air, the level of sensitivity for um, someone who has their or is currently menstruating when you're treating them is very different. And you need to be very aware of that. They might be, you know, a lot more sensitive in that area. They might be a lot more sensitive on their back or, you know, in their lower thoracic region or, or upper lumbar. So, um, you know, just your hands need to change and you need to be able to make sure that you are, the com- the patient is still comfortable and, and you're not kind of eliciting any type of response because there's some discomfort there. Absolutely. Cool. So I think 
Um, the last question that we have on our list for today that we've already talked about a little bit is does movement help with cramps? And then of course, why does it help with cramps? And I know Amanda touched on it earlier that general movement for the body and proper movement patterns helps pretty much everything in the body and cramps is one part of it or menstruation is one part of it is that the more, not the more you're moving, but if you're having proper movement patterns and moving on a regular basis, that improves the overall function and health of joints and circulation, neurological control, et cetera, which in turn will also help the body become healthier and decrease the severity or cramps at all. So absolutely movement helps with it for sure. And then from the circulation aspect too, just getting that circulation moving better, getting the lymphatic system, that will help with inflammation as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and your body releases endorphins when you move. So however that feels good for you, movement can change throughout different times of your cycle to, um, to be what you need during that time. Like maybe, you know, the week before your period, you want to do something that's more flowing and, and soft as opposed to if you want to, you know, go for a hard run or a really intense workout. So it can be adjusted too. It doesn't always have to look the same. And I think that it's worth mentioning that we're talking currently about um, women who are menstruating or people who are menstruating, but as time goes on and your hormones levels start to shift and you start to transition more into that premenopausal and menopausal state, all of this stuff still rings true. Um, yeah, totally. That you know the movement is important, treatment is important throughout um, to make sure that all of those pathways are open and free from obstruction. Totally. Yes. And also how your cycle is when you're younger, that's going to affect that transition period through menopause as well. So if you didn't have a very good cycle, you know, throughout your 30s, 40s, let's say, and then you transition to menopause, don't expect menopause to be easy just based on that vital sign as we talked about, right? Your body was letting you know that things were a bit out of whack. Um, so it is important to deal with it at a young age and you'll just have much less problems, much less pain in the future. I also think it's really important to empower women to talk more about it. And this, um, just because it's when you recognize those signs in your body or you you have these conversations with um, other people, it, 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 it can be empowering to realize that things are maybe a little bit different for you than they are for someone else. And that might give you the, you know, the ability to reach out to someone or to ask more questions or to understand your body a little bit better. And I think that that's such an important tool. So as we wrap up this podcast, go call a friend or tell your partner all about your cycle. <laughs> And let's start that conversation more often. <laughs> cool. Perfect. Well, awesome. Thank well, thank you for listening. You can find us online on the Instagram at osteocast underscore and at Facebook on at osteocast. Oh, no, let's redo that. Thank you for listening. You can find us online, Facebook at Osteocast and Instagram at Osteocast underscore. And we will see you next week. And we start a new topic next week. Drum roll, please. Do, 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 do. We're talking all about <laughs> joint replacement. <laughs> Thanks for the drum roll, guys. 
So that's going to be a pretty big <laughs> jump from uh, the topic this month, but that'll be a very interesting topic uh, to discuss and something that I feel like we didn't really go over too much uh, throughout our education process. So I look forward to uh, getting your thoughts on that, Colby and Amanda. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you guys for listening. Looking forward to it. it. Bye. Bye.